Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. You're about to listen to a special edition of the podcast featuring Derek Myron and his guest, Dan Yates. The team from Centura Wealth Advisory has expedited this podcast to get it into your hands immediately, as it is incredibly important information for every small business owner to know. So without further ado, here's Derek Myron. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for listening to Live Life Liberated. I'm Derek Myron. We're talking about COVID-19 and the U.S. banking response to help small business owners. Today, I have guest with me, Dan Yates. He is the CEO of Endeavor Bank, and I want to welcome Dan. Welcome. Good morning, Derek. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for taking time out of your unbelievably busy day. I know you're in the middle of your war room planning, getting very little sleep. Thank you for taking the time to speak to the audience. No, it's a pleasure. We're doing important work here for the uh, local business community and look forward to sharing uh, some of that work with you this morning. Yes. So would you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, Endeavor Bank? Well, we're one of the uh, 5,000 plus banks in the nation that have signed on to what has become an enormous uh, project to try to distribute billions of dollars to virtually 90% of the businesses that are still operating in the small business community. When I say small, that's usually 500 employees or less, which covers most of the small businesses in the U.S. So we're doing our part here in uh, San Diego um, County. But we have banks uh, from the largest in the country to the smallest all taking a a role in trying to distribute uh, monies to cover at least uh, two and a half months worth of payroll. And to do that um, is a task that has required that we build an infrastructure overnight to do more loans in about a week or two than we've done in any 20-year span combined if you compare it to uh, the SBA 7A program, which this is designed after. So to push that much um, loan volume through a pipe um, required that the Small Business Administration create a partnership, first time ever, with Amazon, AWS, to increase the size of their uh, pipe. Banks, uh, small like Endeavor, to the largest in the country have had to create platforms to uh, input these applications to verify that the uh, small business community has properly calculated how much they can borrow. We've also had to advise clients on the right time to apply because if they uh, take the money too soon, uh, they might find that the amount that is ultimately designed to be forgiven could end up being a loan if they uh, don't um, time that properly. So there's a lot of advice. There's a lot of work to get the loans in and through the system and huge amount of cooperation between banks, borrowers, and the uh, U.S. government to create credit facilities for banks that have never existed before. So we have enough liquidity to actually make these loans. We've had to increase the amount of of, uh, loans available to the small business community by having Congress cooperate in a fashion that we haven't seen in probably uh, many years. Um, Both sides of the uh, political aisle put politics aside to increase the amount that uh, we can actually make available. And then on top of that, we've had to lift some restrictions on some of the largest banks to allow them to actually uh, create more loans. And I think a good way for people listening to this to think of these loans, 
is analogous to a, um, a ventilator in a hospital, where each ventilator is designed to save a, a human life. In this case, we're trying to save business lives, and we're also trying to save the employees attached to those companies. So it's quite a, a huge uh, mission project, more so than it is a lending or banking as, as the way we normally think of banks. So the program you're speaking about is the PPP program, correct? Yes, which is technically known as the Paycheck Protection Plan. And why Paycheck? Because it's really designed to get employees who have either been uh, terminated, furloughed, back into the workforce and back attached to those companies. And it also is designed to make sure those employees have jobs to go back to when we're over, over this crisis. So today is 8.15 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Thursday, April 9th. And I think many business owners who are listening to this podcast are aware of the program and may have applied or are considering applying. Can you share what the current results have been from loans that you guys have originated at Endeavor? How many people have gotten what you call as the golden ticket? How many of your borrowers have actually received a loan, and if you could set expectations of what that would look like. Yeah, let me frame it a little bit for you. When the program was first announced by the Treasury Secretary, it sounded so simple. You apply, you walk into a bank, and the same day you'll have money in your account. That was an ambitious uh, promise, and it has not come even close to being achieved by any bank, largest to smallest, and that includes Endeavor. We were not able to even get on the SBA system until Sunday. We worked all through the weekend. The program launched last Friday. Our very first loan took us an hour. We were kicked off the SBA portal three times. At that rate, we would be working on these well into Christmas. That was not going to work. So on Monday morning, um, what would normally take me three months to do, we did in a matter of hours. And what I'm referring to is we purchased, installed, had up to speed three, not one, but three separate technology platforms, portals, to feed applications into the system to the SBA and run it all the way to documentation and money into the client's accounts. We got those systems online. Why three? Because I didn't have time to test and compare which one would work best. So we ran loans through each system until we decided which one was going to be our dedicated platform. Then we brought in uh, interns, college interns who have been home furloughed, who are willing to come in and we're paying them $100 per application uh, just to get them on the system and teed up so that we can do the final review before we push it to get the golden tickets as you're referring to, which is the eTran SBA guarantee. Once we have that eTran SBA guarantee, uh, we have 10 days. We don't need 10 days, but by law, you have 10 days to get those um, that guarantee documented out to a client. Our goal is to have that down to a day. Some banks are struggling to get to, to 10 days. The SBA changed it yesterday to 10. It had been five, and banks were struggling to achieve that. So there's a lot of, of internal um, processing that you have to perfect in a matter of, of days. You don't have uh, the luxury of time. So each day we're finding that we're able to process an increasing amount. Yesterday we did 50. Today we'll probably double that number and tomorrow we'll triple it. And what we're doing is now we're having the college interns we've brought in uh, train another batch of college interns. And we're setting up basically a factory of, of young uh, 
you know, college students to just help us get the applications into the platform and chase down the missing data. Most of these applications are incomplete. Borrowers um, do their best they can, uh, applicants, I should say, but they really um, sometimes uh, don't have the right payroll information. They're missing tax IDs. So part of the challenge of getting these loans out is we have to spend a fair amount of time to chase down uh, missing information to make sure it's accurate. Just to give you an idea of, of how um, complicated it gets, ADP, which is one of the largest payroll processing firms in the country, is part of the um, infrastructure to get many of these loans accomplished. Uh, they've prepared, as, as of other local payroll companies, a report called a PPP payroll report. You attach that to your application, and that verifies the amount the government has calculated you're qualified to borrow. But they've amended that report five times because the SBA changes the guidance about every hour on the hour. And certainly at night, they update their website with all the new discoveries that have uh, come to light in the previous uh, days. And the reason that is happening is because the government designed a complex program and skipped the normal comment period that would go out to banks to look at under a microscope, fine tune it before you release it to the public. We released this in a matter of days, so much so that when the original instructions came out as how to administer this program, they were on a Tuesday. There were so many uh, challenges and questions that came out of the original applications and, and what followed that by Thursday late, the government reissued all new rules and most of the large banks had already gone to bed, uh, shut down for the day, and they had to wake up in the morning with uh, new rules they had to implement to deliver to millions of clients. So the largest banks like Chase and Wells and B of A uh, did not open their portals to accept applications to about midday Friday. The fact that they even got open at all on Friday is astounding, but it gives you an idea of the magnitude of what's trying to be accomplished. So down to the small banks like Endeavor, um, we have more of a uh, manual process to start on Friday, and we've quickly transitioned to more of an automated very uh, fintech-oriented platform so we can get more of these accomplished. So I would say to date, uh, we probably have issued uh, more, than a, more than 100 applications uh, have gone to funding. The dollars are averaging 300000 uh, nationwide. Uh, I think our average might be slightly higher. Um, I've seen uh, loans as high as $2 million and as small as uh, 20000 So it's quite a range. But overall, if you just take um, 300000 times 100 applications, it gives you an idea of the magnitude of the dollars being pushed through. So in our case, uh, that's more than $30 million in a matter of a couple of days. Wow. How many applications has Endeavor received to date for this PPP program that opened up last Friday? Uh, the last I checked, and they're still coming in by the hour, was uh, over 500. Uh, some of the uh, banks uh, in town have reported as many as 1,400 up to 10,000. There's something else amazing that uh, I'll share with you. Most businesses and banking is no exception. Um, they have competitors. Well, for the moment, competition in the normal sense has uh, been pushed aside, and this has become a joint effort uh, among banks nationwide. We are all cooperating, looking for ways that we can uh, send applications to other banks. Other banks send them to us. We're trying to find the best way to get these applications processed. Initially, what the majority of banks did, and for reasons that were not fully understood by the business community, 
Initially, they said, we're only going to take care of our clients first. No other clients uh, may apply. Well, when Wells Fargo, one of the largest banks in our country at $2 trillion in size, think of this like a, a bank with a lot of ventilators. When the government put a cap on how large Wells could grow, that resulted in a, a very low bar that they set for $10 billion of these loans they would publish. That pushed millions of small business owners out on the streets, if you will, looking for a bank that would take their applications. We were hit by a tidal wave, as everyone was, when Wells made that announcement. Midday yesterday, the government lifted for the first time the order on Wells to allow them to grow the bank's assets beyond $2 trillion. When they did that, that's like allowing ventilators that were being put on the sidelines back into the system where they're needed. So now Wells can reopen their application portal, and some of those applicants who came to us and other banks can now return to Wells where their primary banking relationship may have been for many decades and seek that, uh, that loan there. So it's a little bit of a process to figure out when somebody has submitted an application, if they have done that at more than one bank. Most have not, but some have. And so you have an artificial appearance of people waiting to get a, uh, a loan if, in fact, they've submitted at more than one institution. And we're able to figure that out because if you get to the, the final uh, SBA portal where the golden tickets are issued, if a business has already received a loan at any other bank, they are locked out from uh, receiving one anywhere else because the SBA has a, uh, a code that's tied to a tax ID that just shuts the window. So we haven't experienced that yet, which tells me that not too many people are trying to game the system or abuse it. But there's been a sense of desperation on the part of many business owners offering up millions in deposits just for the chance, if, if they have that situation, for a chance to get to the front of the line. It's, it's like pandemonium, like you've never seen, um, for businesses to get one of these uh, loans processed. And now that we've put more, if you will, ventilators online by allowing Wells to uh, open their window again, now that we've actually gone back to Congress to allow for the number of these loans to increase, uh, from $350 billion, we're going to add at least another $250 billion availability. That has reduced a little bit of the panic. And so now what we're doing is we're trying to change the narrative and actually encourage borrowers who should remove their application from the front of the line to more of the back of the line. And you would might say, well, why would you do that? Because for many businesses, it is not to their advantage to get the money right away. And that's important for, for people on this call to really think about and understand. Because there are many businesses that are currently closed. They, have, they are not essential. Their employees have been sent home. For example, you think of restaurants. You might think of uh, medical practices like dental offices. Uh, they're not essential, so their employees are at home. If they were to get the loan today, there's a definition under the law called a covered period. That covered period is exactly eight weeks from the date we disperse the loan. For those eight weeks, you are obligated to spend 75% of the proceeds on payroll. And, if, and there are some other conditions, but let's focus on payroll. If you do that, beginning in week seven of your covered period and for some time after, you may return to the bank with records showing you did what the government asked you to do with the money, show records you spent it on payroll, and that loan will be forgiven. 
and you will never have to repay it. So if you take the money too early and you don't have payroll to spend it on because you're shut down, that covered period, by the time you get out to maybe week six or seven, you won't have enough payroll to spend it on or need to spend it on to have that loan forgiven. So everyone who rushed to the banks to be first in line did not think through the math. And there may be some that will regret that they didn't wait a month or two to apply. And I think the reason they did not wait is the fear that the money would be gone within hours on Friday. Because when the Treasury Secretary said you can just go to your bank and get money, and the East Coast banks opened before the West Coast banks, people did the math and said, well, we need a trillion dollars to cover all the people that will apply. We only have a third of the money allocated by Congress. I better go get mine now. And we created pandemonium unnecessarily. So by adding additional dollars now, that's, that's reduced somewhat of the panic. That makes sense, Dan. What advice would you give business owners? Should they apply where they currently have a banking relationship and or potentially a second bank? What advice would you give business owners who are thinking about applying for PPP? So it's interesting. The, the advice changes by the hour based upon uh, information coming out. For example, when Wells Fargo put their limit on, they issued millions of notices, which became very public, advising clients even in their line to apply elsewhere. Because that was such a widespread announcement to the millions, the SBA became aware of it, and they advised clients not to do that. So the government is telling businesses, do not do that. Some of the banks, the largest banks, are telling their clients they should do that. And what I tell clients is that if you do that, please have the courtesy, if, if you get your uh, PPM approved, to tell any other bank that may have your application that that has occurred so they can remove your um, application from their line. Because it can take us, depending on the bank, the industry, I should say us, it can take the industry anywhere from uh, 20 minutes to an hour to process one application. And the length of time depends on how complete the application is and how complex it is, the payroll records. So if you had two banks working on the same application, you already have your number, you've taken resources away from somebody else. And so as a courtesy, if you do that, I know there's a tendency for everyone to be every man for himself mentality. Uh, And I get that. That's a human thing that goes with anything where you have scarcity and you're trying to save lives and, and your company and your businesses. But from a practical standpoint, it's, it's, it's hurting others. So we, we ask people to think that through and what's really occurring when you apply at more than one bank. Okay. What kind of timeline are to setting expectations? How long should a business owner expect to wait to receive funds from a PPP application? So that answer is changing daily. It changes by, uh, by bank. And the reason I say that is Every, every bank is increasing their uh, ability to process these at a faster rate as they bring in outside resources and bring technology online. Some banks are bringing it on a little later than others did. And as the technology comes online, as uh, the Amazon partnership with the SBA improves their back end, as the Treasury provides additional capital to the banking industry to provide uh, more uh, capacity to make these loans, All of those are pieces of the puzzle that allow each bank and all the banks collectively to process these faster. 
So there, there may be stories you'll hear of somebody who, who got theirs done in a day. There are stories of people who applied on Friday that are still waiting at different banks. It's, it's different for each bank in terms of how they uh, determine who, is, who should be at the front of that line. One might think, and some banks may actually view it as their most important client should be at the front of the line, but who is that per most important client? Or another bank may view the priority as the client that is most likely to fail if they don't get their loan before somebody else. I've had clients actually tell me, we can wait, Dan. We're not as desperate for that money. If you need to put somebody ahead of us, please do so. It's that type of cooperation. And to do that, you have to be transparent. You have to be human. You've got to communicate to your best client something that no bank ever wants to do, which is to say, I can't meet your needs in the time frame that I would normally meet them to meet your expectations. Once you give up on that impossible task, you then move to the next thing, which is, let me tell you what's really going on, like we're having today in this conversation. And now you start to find out that people relax, you calm them down, and you can start to stage how you uh, prioritize who gets teed up next to have their application processed. Uh, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And I, I would hope that by this time next week, when this program will probably continue on through June, I think by this time next week, if you ask me that question, we may actually achieve what the Treasury Secretary promised, which is to turn these in a day. But by that point, we will have issued hundreds of billions, with a B, nationwide of these, of these loans. So a lot of the more desperate companies will have been pushed through the system. Most banks will have their technology humming along, will have the systems pretty well perfected. Most of the uh, things that were delaying getting these done for the first few days uh, have been solved already. One of the most important issues was the government did not until late Tuesday night um, notify every bank what they would consider to be acceptable loan documentation. So we had banks that had the golden tickets, but they weren't uh, printing documents and giving out money because they were waiting to get that additional uh, information, which was late arriving. So there's been all sorts of uh, pain points um, since Friday when this launched that, uh, and that seems like a, a million years ago already. Um, all of those things have been um, addressed uh, day by day, and that makes the processing uh, speed up. So for those who have not yet applied, is your best advice for them to go to where they have their existing business lines and seek advice? Or what advice do you recommend to those who have yet to apply for a PPP loan? So by going to their existing bank, uh, it eliminates one of the things that any other bank has to address. One of the responsibilities of a bank is the, what we call KYC, Know Your Customer, which falls under the Bank Secrecy Act. Your current bank already has all that information in place because in order to open up your checking account, business account, you had to go through that process when you became a client of that bank. If you go to another bank, they need to collect all that additional information to verify that you are who you say you are. Um, it all falls under you know, the making sure we're, we're doing business with people that are le legitimately entitled to the money. It can be done. It is, it is not hard to do, but it just adds another level of, 
of complexity. So by, by making sure you go to your current bank, that's just one less step they have to deal with. And they know you, and it's going to become important in many cases seven or eight weeks from now when you apply for forgiveness that you have a bank that can guide you through that process. And the bank that's going to walk you through that is can only be the bank that actually gave you the loan because that who, that's who's going to forgive it, forgive that loan. So there's you know there's several times you're going to be dealing with your bank versus on the application side helping you understand how much you you qualify for, and then the back end when you come back to seek forgiveness. So you you ideally would want to work with a bank if you can that can uh, provide the resources to walk you through that process. If you're with a, a large bank um, that may not be readily available because I've seen uh, what they're sending out. And oftentimes it'll say, don't call the bank, don't call the call center. Um, nobody will know where your application is in the system because they had to automate it given the sure magnitude of the millions of applications are processing. So it, it just makes it a unmanageable thing to have a, um, a person you know, with a handholding that you might get at a smaller bank. But the majority of these applications will, out of necessity, have to go through the largest banks in the country. And that's just the way it's going to have to be for the project and the scope and the, and the, and the demand of the needs to get it done. At this point, is Endeavor taking non-bank clients and processing their PPP applications? Uh, we are. We've, we've uh, prioritized taking care of clients uh, first, um, and but we do have some that have been able to uh, uh, get into the line and, and be able to get those through. And oftentimes those are people like that are shareholders of the bank. They're also uh, uh, an important uh, part of our stakeholder group and, um, you know, businesses that uh, are able to help us fund their loan because something that is very misunderstood nationwide, everyone believed, I think, that when these loans were going to be uh, created, that the money was coming directly from Treasury to the banks, to the client. That is not the case. Every single one of these loans has to come from the bank's own deposits. And in most banks, you try to have an even number of loans and deposits. So when you have a flood of loans applications coming in and you don't have a flood of deposits coming in the other door, it creates an imbalance in your balance sheet. To deal with that imbalance, the treasurer is providing a credit facility that has not arrived yet. Hopefully by Friday it will. A credit facility, much like the disc discount window at the Fed that most people have heard of, that will allow us to make these loans, sell them to the Treasury, free up our capital and our liquidity to do another round of loans. Until that arrives, you're limited by your own deposits. So clearly, the, the smaller banks, community banks, have a capacity issue. The larger banks have different constraints than, than the community banks. But once that... Uh, that capital facility arrives from Treasury, that is solved. So some of the non-bank clients have been able to help increase our capacity by bringing deposits to the bank, and sometimes at a greater degree than the loans they're receiving. And that allows us to serve not only their needs, but maybe two or three of our clients. So although we may be bringing in non-clients, when we do it in that fashion, we're actually helping our clients because now we have more inventory in the form of deposits to make more loans. And all of these things we take into account if somebody comes to us with that type of a proposition. And if it helps us help our clients, then it, it's really a, a good decision to be made.
This makes a lot of sense. I know you're very busy and this is a very fluid situation. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day to provide this information to our listeners. was wondering if you'd be willing to come back next week and give us an update as to uh, current status. It'd be my pleasure. I look forward to it. Dan Yates, CEO of Endeavor Bank, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you, and you guys be safe out there. You as well, Dan. Wishing you well. Thank you for listening to this special edition of the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This will also make it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends, family, and especially small business owners that you know that will need this information and could really use that help. Again, thanks so much for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results. 